Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Hello, Cosmos Country. Welcome back to another edition of First Team Podcast. I'm your host, John Fashante. On this week's episode, I will discuss the New York City soccer scene because we have listeners from around the country, outside of New York City, of course, and around the world that might see the New York soccer scene online and they might follow some streams via Micah Jewy. And they may follow professional soccer or just the soccer scene of all divisions, of all levels in the United States. But First Team Podcast and other stakeholders in New York City, we are in a very unique position because we live and work and, and play and have fun in the New York City, New Jersey area, in the tri-state area. And we understand what's going on and what it takes to be a successful soccer team in the area because... We all know that the New York City, the New Jersey area is a tricky and very crowded marketplace. And it's very different than any other market in the United States. You have the West Coast. You have Los Angeles where you have LA Galaxy and LAFC in Major League Soccer. But you also do have uh, semi-pro amateur sides in the NPSL. And you have state league teams. um, And you have quality teams but they're not MLS right you have Las Vegas lights in USL and they're doing their own thing in their uh, marketplace they're drawing a fan base and they have Eric Winalda as the coach so they're investing in their community so the point of this episode is to prove to people that you don't have to be an MLS really to be successful and I think that's going to be a topic for another day when uh, Major League Soccer doesn't expand anymore, right? They might revamp their expansion to where maybe that expansion goes to a second division and they can have 20 more teams and say they have uh, 40-something teams in both divisions and they can have promotion and relegation. They can honor the FIFA standards and they can have their own version, not the authentic version of promotion and relegation, But they can have a system of promotion and relegation within their current structure, right? Within their MLS branding and uh, within their closed league structure, which is not, like I said, authentic promotion and relegation where an amateur side can work its way up, can compete every single season, play over 30 games a season and fight the blood, sweat, and tears until they reach that top division. And unfortunately, when you're a team like that and you reach the top division, you want to bring in quality players if you can afford it, if you have a rich owner, right? So there's pros and cons. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like promotion and relegation because 
There probably are downsides to it, but there's more pros. There's more better things for players and for teams and for fan bases and for media members. There's so much more progression that we can see in professional soccer in the United States with a system of promotion and relegation than in the current closed structure. But that's a topic for another day, but I wanted to lay the groundwork because that's the discussion on this week's episode is the current state of New York City soccer. We are in a very unique position as covering the New York Cosmos week to week. We understand what it takes to be successful as fans, as stakeholders, as just commentators on what's going on uh, in the current soccer scene in the city. So we have some NISA news, and I think this adds to the discussion very well here. We have New Jersey Teamsters FC. They are a soccer team, a national pro development soccer club in Bayonne, New Jersey. And the Teamsters, they have officially joined NISA, but they won't play, I believe that's until the 2021 season. Everyone knows, if you listen to the show on a weekly basis, I have my my thoughts on NISA, and I will try to explain it over this episode in more detail, because I think every episode I touch on it, and I think people on social media have talked about it as well. It's that NISA, even though... They're a professional league, and they're sanctioned by U.S. soccer. That's all positives, right? That's great news. This is so hard because they're a brand new league, but they can't accept every single club. And that's the whole point is that you can't accept. It doesn't matter if they have the money. It doesn't matter if they have the resources, right? You can't accept every single club. Because picture you have an amateur team from a state league, right? So from, say, the Cosmopolitan Soccer League or, say, from the Garden State Soccer League, an amateur league from the local area and so they have the resources they have the investor they have the money right but before playing in that league they didn't have sponsors they didn't have a decent jersey deal they didn't have fans or they still don't have fans right they don't stream their matches they don't have anything about their club but just because they have the money they're playing at that level so i think for me that's the problem is that You can see the difference between major league soccer clubs. They have the money, right? And they're professionalizing their market and they're professionalizing their club. But I'm not saying that NISA expansion clubs have to build downtown stadiums and they need to go all out there and sign top players. You can still have your local players. You can still have your local jersey partner, right? You can still have local sponsors. But what I'm trying to say is that from the league level... When teams are putting up a lot of money every single year to be a member of your league, of this national professional league that is supposed to be independent soccer, I would love to see the league be around for a very long time. Don't accept every single club. There has to be a vetting process. I'll give you this example. In the NASL, I don't know if the league was accepting every single club, but that sort of led to our downfall. They accepted Rayo OKC, foreign ownership group. And I'm not saying that in NISA we're going to have a foreign ownership group, but we don't know for sure, right? We can't predict the future. But it goes to that same model. When you accept everyone, and yeah, Ray OKC had foreign owners, had the money, right? But they're not a big club. So they're a club that's struggling in La Liga. They eventually got relegated. They had a local owner in Oklahoma that, uh, put some money up, I guess, and um, he was liable for what was happening when the club 
picked up their stuff and left Oklahoma and just ruined the club. They didn't pay employees, right? So that local owner was stuck to pick up all the pieces and he didn't pick up all the pieces because the club couldn't continue. They couldn't play another season because I guess he didn't have the resources and there was a lot more things he needed to sort out before he can talk or discuss about uh, a second season in the NASL. So that's my worry with Nisa is that it's great to see the Teamsters, NJ New Jersey Teamsters FC, playing out of Bayonne, New Jersey. It's local to me, so I'm not fighting that. I'm not hating on that. But I think as a Nisa fan, as someone that wants to see Nisa be around for a very long time, I don't think you can accept every single club without a plan. Not even a business plan, but just a plan for how are you going to be successful in your market? What are you going to do to attract fans? How are you going to attract sponsors and media deals? How are you going to grow your club in your market? If you are a club from a state league and you are operating with a very small budget, and that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand or think about, you have the NJ Teamsters that are joining NISA over the next year or so, and they're operating at the very minimum. At the bare minimum. And uh, they're paying their yearly NISA fee. And they're renting their stadium. And they're not paying their players. Because they're in a league. That they legally can't pay their players in. Because they're a semi-pro league. You join NISA. And you have to pay players. You're a professional league. You're a professional club. So your club transforms overnight. And just because you have a rich owner. That doesn't mean that you can do that every single season that doesn't mean that every single club that's amateur can move up to the professional ranks and that's why in my opinion I think some of these clubs that are thinking about joining NISA instead they should continue their pathway continue their progression if you are an amateur side playing in a state league if you are a amateur slash semi-pro side that is playing in the UPSL or playing in the MPSL. Grow your club out. Get decent sponsors in the door. Get fans in the door. Stream your matches. Film your games. Build some branding behind your club. And then once you build that up over the next couple of years, then you can take the proper steps to get to the next level. Whatever that is. Is that NISA? Is that USL? Is that... NPSL or UPSL if you are a state league club and that's my problem with NISA it's just I would like to see them implement some rules some regulations for clubs that submit proposals it's not just oh you have the stadium size you have the net worth you have this and that great you're in the league it's no you have to answer these questions along with uh, qualifying and meeting the United States Soccer Federation Pro League sanctioning. That's my issue with the league, um, but I would like to get your thoughts on that topic on NISA. You can email the show at firstteampod at gmail.com. So to end the show, I just want to continue talking about the New York City soccer scene. So we have Teamsters that are coming into New Jersey, and yeah, it's not New York City, but they are a local club there in the area because... You have to understand that the New York Red Bulls are called the New York Red Bulls 
but they play in Harrison, New Jersey at Red Bull Arena in the Garden State in New Jersey. That's all for marketing and sponsorship reasons and player uh, attraction reasons. Uh, so that's all for PR and marketing. That's why they're called New York and not New Jersey when they do indeed play in New Jersey. And that's why this conversation is flawed somewhat is because a true New York City club is the likes of NYCFC and was the Cosmos when they played in Brooklyn and they played in Long Island at Hofstra and Mitchell uh, Complex out in Long Island as well around the corner from Hofstra. I think it's going to be very interesting to see where the Cosmos will call home in 2020. I think we're a couple weeks out from that. There's talks of another New York City club in Nisa besides the New York Cosmos and it's called New Amsterdam FC. You can give them a follow at New Amsterdam SC at New Amsterdam Soccer Club. Uh, their only tweet is coming to you soon. A new soccer team in town. Hashtag New Amsterdam. So the report is, and I think this is according to Midfield Press, that they might play out of Fordham University Coffee Stadium in Fordham in uh, the Bronx. So that will be another competing club with NYCFC, and yeah, NYCFC will be building a soccer-specific stadium. But to end the show, I just want to label it like this, right? We have New Amsterdam FC, if they do get accepted in NISA, they will be playing, reportedly, they will be playing in the Bronx at Fordham University. The Cosmos are familiar with that territory because we beat NYCFC a couple of years ago in the U.S. Open Cup, and that was a great victory. Danny Satella scoring the winner late in that match. I was there first team podcast was covering that match. But you have New Amsterdam FC if they do get accepted into NISA. You have the New York Cosmos that will be participating in the fall schedule of NISA. You have the New York Red Bulls and NYCFC of Major League Soccer, and they're on a whole nother level, right? Because they have bigger stadiums and Let's just say at the moment, and I'm not knocking down the Cosmos and other NISA clubs, but at the moment, they have more talented rosters because the Cosmos roster is not put together 100%. But at the moment, MLS clubs are in their season, so they're much further along the process and um, they have a structure in place. The Cosmos are going through this like tricky period because over the past couple of seasons, the boys in green have been playing in the MPSL, which is... An amateur league, it depends who you talk to, but to me, it's an amateur league because they have college players. But then you also have teams that are fielding rosters, that are fielding teams with professional players. To some people, it's amateur. To some people, it's semi-pro. And the Cosmos were fielding a professional side in the MPSL, beating sides 5 6 nothing. And then when it came to the final and to the playoffs, that's when it started to get very interesting and the competition was there for our opposition. And it was very tricky for the New York Cosmos to be successful and to win silverware in a uh, amateur semi-pro league. Uh, but now we face hopefully better competition in NISA. We're going up a level. We're joining a professional sanctioned league by the United States Soccer Federation in the National Independent Soccer Association. And I'm really looking forward to it. I wish the Cosmos the best of luck. I hope we feel the very exciting and competitive. And I've been told that uh, we will be fielding a young roster. But hopefully a very competitive roster. And things are very fluid at the moment. Things are very 
fluid, uh, moving pieces, and probably things are up in the air at the moment as well, is that we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know where the Cosmos are going to play in the fall. All we do know is that the Cosmos, since the reboot season, they've been training and practicing at the Mitchell Complex in Nassau County in Long Island. Uh, so that has been their base. I think their offices are near there. I don't know if they still have their offices from the NASL days, um, but if they do indeed get their offices back, that's probably where they would be, right? Because uh, that's where the Cosmos train, that's their base, and that's where they conduct their business. But for the New York City soccer scene, it's very exciting. I think NISA will rejuvenate fans that want to see independent soccer, especially in New York City, in the New York Cosmos, hopefully New Amsterdam FC, in New Jersey, across the bridge. You have in Bayonne, New Jersey, New Jersey Teamsters coming to NISA real soon. I think within the next year, they will be playing in NISA. They have a lot to do more than the Cosmos um, because I'm not sure on their background what type of owner they have and um, all the background on the management team of the Teamsters. But we would love to get them on the show to discuss uh, their club in and out uh, because I think that's very interesting for fans because you have these clubs, like I said earlier, that are amateur sides, semi-pro sides, and they make the jump up just because they have a rich owner or they have the money or they have a great investor that believes in the project. There's still a lot more questions than answers when it comes to that. So I just want to end the show with this. NISA is a brand new league and we have to give it time. We have to settle down and be patient. And I personally have to be patient as well with my own opinion. Because I can label it as the UPSL of professional soccer, but we're going through growing pains. Right? We're going through growing pains. The quality of play has to go up a level. Right? But that will only go up a level once you add more clubs and they bring in more players and talented players and maybe more investors come in, which means that they can invest more money into their club and buy better players. You have, for example, I posted on Twitter, Daniel Sturridge of Liverpool. He has been released by a Turkish club. And I think he's been banned by the Federation in England, the FA, for betting or he has something like that. He has some ban until the summer. So that will make a perfect signing for the New York Cosmos if they want to go all out, say in MCU Park, sign Daniel Sturridge, a very exciting attacker. Imagine Sturridge with bloody Bartage and and uh, a very attacking forward line just ruining the league, scoring so many goals and, and just trashing uh, our opponent. But it won't be that easy. So in the short term, we need to be patient and we have to understand that they're a brand new league and uh, we have to give these clubs, these new clubs time to get up a level, to get to that professional level on and off the field. For me, it's more off the field because you can have all the money in the world, right? You can buy the players that you want to invest in, but off the field, that's what takes the most time is building that fan base, is marketing your club, but doing it in a very unique way, right? Not just putting up some billboard somewhere or not just putting commercials on TV, but it's reaching your target audience. I think that's the most important thing with NISA. It's not just targeting your English Premier League fan that lives in the United States. It's targeting 
fans that want to see independent soccer, that want to see local and inexpensive professional soccer. And I think that's what Nisa is. That's what the NASL was. That's what the New York Cosmos was. They were a very cheap ticket in town for New York City, a very reasonable price ticket. You got to meet the players after the match. You got to um, get them to sign an autograph, sign your shirt, sign whatever. And a lot of people, I remember during the NASL days, and I will end on this, they were telling me that in Major League Soccer, in other professional leagues and other professional sports, they can't get that same access. They can't be close to the action. They can't maybe have their birthday party there and have the same attention and the same excitement for it. Um, so I've talked to a lot of people during the NASL or the days when the Cosmos were in the NASL, and they were saying that I guess the Cosmos are better value and they're close to the action, they have a decent seat, and um, they have more access to the players and to the club, and it feels more like a family than Major League Soccer. Because picture Major League Soccer, right? 20, 30, 40. In Seattle, you have maybe 70 to 80,000 seater stadium. That's definitely not a family atmosphere. Maybe in your section, right? Maybe in your section, maybe in your small group in the stadium, but in uh, Hofstra Stadium, in Hofstra Short Stadium during the Cosmos NESL days, that felt like one big family. You sort of knew everyone around you. But once you go to that next level, I think that love and that excitement and that just familiness disappears. And I think that's a sad thing about U.S. soccer is that I think clubs want to change so quick before they make the progression and they really reach that level. They only reach that level because they have and they meet all the requirements off the field rather than on the field and fighting for that title and being promoted. So that's all I have for this week's episode. I really do appreciate all the support. You can follow First Team Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod. You can check out our website, firstteampod.com. First Team Podcast will be ramping up our coverage of the Neurocosmos and the National Independent Soccer Association once we have more news and ahead of preseason, which is scheduled, according to our sources, which is scheduled to be in the summer. Thanks for tuning in to First Team Podcast. I really do appreciate it. And as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. Borough boys up in the Del Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White. What we bleed, you see and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely somethings come and see it and I'm playing. The fact of it is the rap from tear attacks, hash and bliss. Reacts happen, we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's stacking the wing, going back to the through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fancy you grow down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you about the views. Like Got a cues allowed to you without the dudes. I'm with crews, I'll check the no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about perfection. The work's the test and F's connected like a method. Not breathless after training, something's gotta be corrected. Progression and acceleration at the start's most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.